up, cool kids? Welcome back to another episode of the Ghoulish Gallery with me, Tasha, and Journey, who is really excited to be looking out the window and will probably make a ton of noise this time around. Each week, I have a guest from a different location here to tell us about their local spooks, haunted places, cryptids, urban legends, all that good stuff. And this week, we have horror and, correct me if I'm wrong, it's horror and romance, right? It is, yeah. Oh. Uh, April Yates, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for inviting me on. Absolutely. I'm glad you could be on. It's my goal to hit every state at some point, but it's like super exciting to have people from other places because I feel like their stories are so much older and hey, and castles and all those cool things. So that's always fun. And you are from where? Because you say it way cooler than I do. <laughs> um, I'm from um, Derbyshire in England. Fantastic. I'm trying to think. the So Katie Marie, when I had her on, she was from Avebury. Um, how far is that from you? Is that? Um, yeah, I think um, she said um, she's living in Norfolk. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's about, it's about a good three, four hour drive. And um, I also said, I think she said she was originally from the West Country, so you, you, that is way down south. Um, hmm. So, you know, about eight hours away. Oh, wow. But yeah, Derbyshire, we're like kind of smack dab in the middle of England. <laughs> <laughs> Landlocked. Landlocked, yeah. It's always amazing to me. Like, I forget how big the US is because here we're like, you know, oh, you're just a few hours away. Like, that's great. We'll just hop in the car and go get lunch or something. And, you know, driving coast to coast is like a three and a half, four day trip. And then I hear other people talk about, they're like, oh yeah, like, you know, it's, it's forever away. Like I have a really long commute. That's like 20 minutes. And I'm like, (laughs) really? (laughs) I wonder what that feels like. (laughs) I think a lot of it around here as well is the fact that the um the roads are so old that they're, they're winding roads mm. so as the crow flies it something could be like 20 miles away on the map but huh. it would still take you a good 40 minutes to get there oh gosh <laughs> where i live it's, um it's the peak district so there's a lot of hills and uh does it does it tend to be a little bit more rural then it, it, it is yeah <laughs> that's where I grew up was absolutely out in the middle of nowhere with just pastures and farms and everything else and I live in like a city technically it's not huge but it still feels crazy urban sometimes and it's always weird it's more creepy to me to have a lot of people around than to be out in the middle of nowhere where there's not as many people and it's just quieter Oh, oh god yes this people are scary people are terrifying it's horrible yes. you never know what they're gonna do they're like the most unpredictable animal there is that's it but many are not to be trusted <laughs> amen to that a thousand percent um so how did you get into horror like were you a kiddo that got started or was it a later Oh, um, definitely as a little kid. Um, in fact, one of the stories that my mother absolutely loves to tell is how um, when I was about five, she'd let me and my older sis- siblings watch Aliens. 
Um, and they were absolutely all terrified. And apparently I had to take them to the bathroom one by one and stand outside the door because I was the only one who wasn't scared. <laughs> it's like... So I, I had to uh, escort them and make sure they were safe. No, that was actually uh, my mom used to tell me all the time that she was so mad at one of my cousins. I don't know how old I was, but he sat me down and had me watch Alien and it terrified me. And I would like wake up screaming for like three weeks afterwards. <laughs> she was like livid that he sat me down and had me watch that movie. Oh, bless. Now, so you're a good mix of like movies and reading then, or have you always um, been Yeah. Yeah, I think probably the first horror book I read was probably Misery by Stephen King. Ugh. And I think I was about nine when I read that. <laughs> and then just hooked from then. And um, I think from there, there was um, authors like Graham Masterton and um, James Herbert. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, a lot of a lot of paperbacks were about in the house that I just kind of, you know, grabbed and devoured. <laughs> Stashed them away. <laughs> Stashed them away. Yeah. That was always the best. My mom was a big Stephen King fan. So that was how I got started. It was like reading over her shoulder with mine and then all the goosebumps. But it was <sighs> movies. I have a love-hate relationship with movies. Right now, I love them. And I feel like I've kind of gotten over the hurdle where I'm too scared to watch them alone. <laughs> so I think I think I finally defeated that. So I've been consuming like any and every movie I find that's worth watching. So and even the ones that aren't are pretty entertaining. Oh, God, there is such a pleasure to be found in a bad movie. Oh, if, a thousand if, percent. If, if, if you let yourself just let go and enjoy it (laughs) yeah it's definitely you can't dissect it because you're just torturing yourself at that point if you try yeah you've just got to accept it for what what they are (laughs) just sit there and watch Sharkula or Santa Jaws or whatever terrible shark movie there is and just roll with it so what do you have in terms of spooks out there Oh golly! Um, um, well, Derby, the city, is one of the most haunted places in in England. Um, always a good start. Always a good start. <laughs> I'd say there's um a lot of hotels that are haunted, such as the um, Bluebell Inn, which is um home to poltergeist activity. Um, um, there's a lot of old jails there as well, so you've got Ooh. a lot of um ghosts within them i'm sorry i'm just, I'm just gonna totally forget about all my stuff <laughs> you're fine <laughs> but <clears throat> but yeah um Derbyshire is a is place it's got a lot of folklore and legends um one of my favorites is uh, there's the castle hotel in a little place called of all things castleton who'd, who'd have thought <laughs> <Go figure. laughs> i wonder how they came and up with that castle there as well um and one of my favourite stories there is that there is a jilted bride who walks the, um, the halls and <clears throat> she was, you know, jilted at, at her wedding and the wedding breakfast was to take place at the hotel. Groom never showed up and so she just walks the halls to the dining room to where the wedding breakfast would have been. Oh, Just over and over and just like so heartbreaking and beautiful i find that story oh. um, i think there's a couple of other ghosts um in 
<clears throat> attached to that um, place as well is a, a man in a blue pin pinstripe suit who appears in um, room seven. <laughs> who nobody knows who, who that bloke is. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I feel like that's even kind of showed up in the nineteen sixties. <laughs> like it's almost better if there's slightly less scary if there's a story like if there's just a random ghost it's like who are you where did you come why? from why are you here what's happening right now and i find it always a bit um disconcerting like like ghosts in modern clothes it's yeah, just right? <laughs> we always think like victorian era clothing and all of that's that. it like, nightwear as well <laughs> little girls in, in in victorian nightwear yeah <sighs> Just think in like a hundred years from now, they're going to be ghosts and ripped jeans and crop tops. And <laughs> I feel like that just takes away such an element of terror when you're like, oh, hey, I used to wear those. <laughs> oh, I feel like that's been a pretty common theme when it comes to like, speaking of the, the jilted bride, like there's a lot of women who haunt strictly because like, the groom failed or you know he ended up being a con man and like took off and she couldn't handle the embarrassment like I firmly blame men for like half of the ghosts out there it's all their fault <laughs> that's it boys bloody patriarchy right <laughs> continuing to haunt us <laughs> it's not enough with everybody alive I say, I mean, like, yeah, obviously, yeah, the jilted bride, and you know, the whole Miss Havisham um, thing from Dickens, oh, and yeah, <laughs> oof, yeah, that's. I need to read that again. Like, I read it as a kid, but I feel like it would have a whole different meaning to it as an adult. Probably. Um, I remember when I read it. Oh, I could not stand Pip. <laughs> <laughs> I had like, it was it was almost like a kid version of the books they were and they're like these little squares and they were still pretty long but it was kind of classics like I don't want to say dumbed down because they aren't really dumbed down but almost kind of abridged or reworked for oh, like, like the wishbone books yes yeah. um so I had and I I honestly don't know if I've read the original which is pretty sad um I definitely need to <laughs> need to remedy that it's there's so many classics that pop up and like I know I get references from them you know I know the basics of the story and stuff but I never actually sat down and read them yeah so, I think it's some things just kind of permeate so much into pop culture that you sometimes think you've read or seen them even when right. you haven't because the references are just so ingrained in um, in pop culture. I um, <laughs> it was it was super embarrassing. So I had always heard people like you know they're coming to get you, Barbara, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I'll use gifts and all that from it. And then I actually finally watched Night of the Living Dead, and I was like, that's where it's from. <laughs> And Shaun of the Dead is hands down my favorite movie. So, you know, I had never gotten the reference when they're getting ready to go to get his mom. And they're like, we're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, this makes so much more sense now. And I have such a better appreciation for it. Uh, 
all these little references that you just don't just don't get now cryptids of course are like a huge thing over here do you guys have much of anything over there i mean i know there's like fairies and that kind of thing along with like older folklore but i feel like i don't really hear about like english bigfoot oh right um well in um the peak district there's a place um called kinder downfall which is a waterfall which um due to the placement of it when the wind is blowing a certain way it will look as if it's you know running backwards it's running up instead of down oh and at the bottom of that um is um a place called mermaid's pool and it's a little bit of um it's brackish water which is quite unusual and um it's you know smiles that it's salted because it's connected to underground channels um, oh. that lead out to the sea but it is said to be um, inhabited by a mermaid. And if you were to go on an Easter Sunday morning and gaze into the pool, you might see her and she would either grant you eternal life or drag you down into a watery grave. <laughs> so that's a hell of a 50-50 chance. Like <laughs> you really have to keep your fingers crossed on that one. Oh, absolutely. And um, this is not, um, you know, like not a, a true cryptid, but we actually have wallabies in the Peak District. And this is um, from a place called um, Roaches um, Hall, which um, used to be a private zoo. And in World War Two, you know, because of rationing and 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 everything, they the zookeepers just let the animals loose. And so there were llamas and elks, all these kind of things. And um, as about 30 wallabies that just went into the Peak District and bred. And so there was like a small colony for years <laughs> across the thing. Um, my mum swears she saw one once um, near Matlock. <laughs> Wallaby. Um, so um, they've not been seen for a few years. In 2010, we had a, a you know, rather cold winter. Uh, a lot of snow and so it's been surmised that maybe they died off there's been a few sightings but non-confirmed <laughs> oh <my> so. Gosh. <laughs> so yeah just wallabies running about <laughs> that's like one of those things like I don't I don't know if I'd be more surprised to see Bigfoot or like look out my window and see some animal that is not even remotely indigenous like a kangaroo standing outside in my yard <laughs> like I don't know I feel like either way, your picture is going to be blurry. Nobody's going to believe you. It's basically the same thing. <laughs> I say like, nobody believed my mom about the wallaby. <laughs> I swear I saw her. Oh, no, it was a cat. <laughs> it'd be amazing if there were horror stories that came from that. Because I mean, we always have like you know the snake that's let loose, or the the crocodile that gets flushed, or whatever that turns into some horrible horror movie but I feel like somebody missed an opportunity there with like Night of the Wallabies and <laughs> they just storm the right it yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that'd be great oh my gosh so this mermaid because I know there's of course, you know, we have the the little mermaid image in our head most of the time, but they're actually 
is supposed to be rather ugly. Are there is there any kind of like description of which category she falls into for that? Um, I think that it it differs um, according to who's who's telling it. She can be a, a quite beautiful maiden or you know quite vicious looking. Um, there is actually another legend um, attached to Blackwater Pool, which is um, over in Staffordshire, but still the Peak District. And that is said to have been um, a woman who was murdered by her lover when she jilted him. And he, she, um, he drowned her in the pool. And so she just, you know, transformed into this vicious creature who would drag any man <laughs> who <Nice>. came here. <laughs> I support that. And who can blame Right? Like, man, if that ever happened to me, I mean, I get, you know, haunting the place where it happened, but I would do everything in my power to attach myself to that person and just make them miserable forever. Like, come on, you That's rock it on yourself. That's it. Yeah. You wouldn't kill them straight away, would you? <laughs> right? Them- no. Drag it out, make it worse yeah suffering death is too good for some people so obnoxious Mm. freaking men i'm gonna get t-shirts someday when i do merch if i ever get to that point there's gonna be a t-shirt that just says freaking men (laughs) i'll give them away free just so people have them (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was um I can't remember who I was talking to. They said that they're a huge Bigfoot fan. So that had gotten me thinking. I was like, you know, you never really hear stories about things like that in England. So I wasn't sure if that was a thing or not. Yeah, I mean, we have um, legends of like um, big cats on like places like Bodmin Moor down south. But I think it's just because we're so small. Like... um, you know, England from top to bottom is only about 600 miles, which, you know, oh wow, is, is about the size of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> from top to bottom. So yeah, I think, you know, because you just, so, you are just so fast, you mm. know, you, you, those kind of, um, the unknown, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas here, even in quite, in quite rural areas, you're never that far away from a settlement or a village mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah that makes sense I mean I like I didn't have a full appreciation for it until I drove I drove from New York to California and it was 2700 miles to go from one side to the other and like just actually getting to see deserts and the different forests and so I mean we literally have like everything here so it definitely that's part of why it's so much fun to get people from from different states because there's just such a different different collection of stories and everything because I mean it's it might as well be a different country with with how it's set up so (laughs) that's what I've always thought you are 50 little countries pretending to be one big one (laughs) (laughs) pretty much and that's I am absolutely dying to try to find someone from Alaska because I've seen so many documentaries about like that Alaska is supposed to have like its version of the Bermuda Triangle, but kind of aliens and they've got crazy Bigfoot killer creatures up there and all kinds of stuff. But I mean, Alaska, of course, is 
I mean, who wants to live there? It's just so cold. I was reading about, I can't remember what, what it, um, what the name of the town was, but apparently like 98% of the population just live in what looks like a big apartment block. That is the town. And then like, just, they've got a post office in there and, you know, all, all facilities. I was like, that is just wild. Oh, I know. I just, I, when I was in California, I worked with a girl who had lived there for a few years with her husband and, you know, in terms of like getting supplies and stuff like that, you know, it's a million times harder than anywhere else. And she said a lot of people were actually on antidepressants because of like when it hits the time of year where it's dark, almost 24 hours a day. She said it just mess with messes with your brain so much that, I mean, you know, it's just constantly dark. Like when there's no sun, it just, it starts to wear at people. And I was like, man, that sounds like a horrible place to be. So, <laughs> but I also don't like the cold, which is why I'm in the South. So but yeah, they, there's just so much that's still untouched, which it, it still seems crazy because, you know, things have built up so much and the population is just so large. It's, it's also crazy to think that there are still so many places that haven't been uh, completely destroyed by human contact yet. <laughs> yeah. We'll get yeah, there. It, it, it is absolutely, absolutely wild. Like, you know. I need to make a trip overseas. I haven't gotten there yet, but I feel like I'm just going to be like a fangirl the whole time and everything is going to be so exciting. The tiniest little thing is just going to like blow my mind. So how, I mean, how often are there actually castles that people like still run into? I mean, is it just like a normal everyday thing? Um, yeah, um, I think there's about nine castles um, in Derbyshire. Um, and there's actually one not very far from where I live. It's like a 10 minute drive. Um, Bolsover Castle, which is home to a lot of ghosts. Well, it's a little, it's a little ghost book you can go and have a look at. and. Um, yeah, so yeah, so there's like there's Bolsover Castle, which you know, ten minutes later, there's um a, a, a remains of a castle um in Castleton itself. Mm. There's Ryber Castle near Matlock again. Um, that was home to a private zoo, and they actually released a wallaby in 1978 <laughs> um, as as a bit of a publicity stunt. It was like right, we're going to set this male wallaby out into the wild to kind of like put a bit of genetic diversity. <laughs> Wallaby called <laughs> these poor inbred wallabies. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, um, with a lot of them, do they? And I, I had talked a little bit about this with um, Katie, but do a lot of them get repurposed or at least like turned into museums and do tours and that kind of thing? Or do some? Oh, of them just... yeah, yeah. You could go walk around um, Bolsover Castle. Um, there's um, a castle, another castle that has been turned into a hotel um, that you can go and stay at. Um, others that are just um, are just purely tourist attractions because you know they're just the remains of like a castle wall or the keep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have the National Trust looking looking after them. But yeah, um, stately homes as well. Um, there's again not far from me. There's a place called Hardwick Hall, which was um, home to you know, Bess of Hardwick 
in the 16th century was like after Queen Elizabeth I, one of the most powerful women in England. Um, um, so Mary, Queen of Scots, was actually kept in prison there for a while hmm. um, under Elizabeth's direction. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of stately homes, a lot of castles. It's... Um, <laughs> It's, it's pretty nice to be honest so much history it's just like it's it's always so exciting like the house that I live in is old it was built in like 1894 I think oh, baby house I know but it's always like it's just everybody's like wow that's so old and <laughs> that's crazy and everything creaks and oh wow there's still original flooring in there and <laughs> like and then I talk about you know castles with you guys that were you know built centuries ago and I'm like no my little house (laughs) but I feel like of course you know we just didn't as time progressed we didn't really care so much about the quality of what was being built so I mean obviously it's not gonna last as well as castles oh no um I think you found find that with a lot of like new build houses like you put the washing machine on and the whole house shakes because they're yeah. just godly built you hear somebody sneeze when they're walking by outside yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tissue paper walls <laughs> but, but yeah getting, going back to the um question of age yeah, um there's a pub um near me that it's a thousand years old it's like one of the oldest taverns in britain <laughs> and i was like that's like 700 years before you even signed your constitution oh my gosh that's crazy I feel and like it, I need to drink at that yeah and it's still uh you know a functioning inn you you could go and have a drink there oh my gosh that's on my bucket list now it's officially been added Ugh, that's so cool it just it's like mind-blowing such a little I always I always make jokes about like when I ask dumb American questions because they, they probably sound so ridiculous to everybody else, but it's such a foreign concept to us here that I'm like, the only way to find out is to ask. So <laughs> I'm just going to oh, suck no, it up and ask. No such thing as a dumb question ever. <laughs> I, I like to think so. Like Adam and I had a huge conversation one time about French fries versus chips and like different forms of potatoes and it was it was a very lengthy conversation all about chips and french fries they are totally different things oh yeah like and i mean we have a lot of different styles of fries that we all kind of lump under together but i was like all right i need to know what is a chip for you versus (laughs) like (laughs) because i imagine like a big bowl of like a fried fish with a bunch of potato chips so <laughs> this doesn't, i just don't understand yeah. so he set me straight which was, which was very kind of him oh, he's, a, he's a great guy oh he is I'll, i will forever talk shit about him just because that's just what we do but he's he's a good person absolutely he's actually the first author that I reached out to once I had joined Twitter and had started reading books and stuff like that um and I was like terrified because I mean to most people the idea of like reaching out to an author of a book like it's, it's like they're a celebrity 
So you're like, oh man, are they going to be mad that I messaged them? Are they going to be annoyed? Are they going to be excited? And of course now at this point, like it's just an awesome group of really cool people who are super excited to hear that you love their book. And Oh, absolutely. Like, he's not special. (laughs) Not at all. Oh, no, not Adam. Adam. (laughs) No. So what like subgenre of horror is scariest to you um it's scariest to me um gotta be um psychological horror um inflicted by uh, you know a non-supernatural entity um because uh, real monsters in a lot of horror to me are the humans i think a, a good example is stephen king's carrie like mm. what's more scary, um, Carrie going um, absolutely apocalyptic at the at the prom, or you know Mrs. White. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. People, people push to the absolute limit. Uh, yeah, um, again, um, Hellraiser. Um, to me, it, Julia is the the villain of that film. Not, mm. not the Cenobites, it's Julia herself, who is the absolute force not to be <laughs> reckoned with. Um, I'm trying to think, because I've, <laughs> it's taken me a while to like understand the differences between some of them. like cosmic horror is still a little, still a little fuzzy for me, but I'm kind of getting like a better handle on it. Um, but I've just, I've consumed so many movies this year that I feel like I've finally kind of gotten a better handle on like what's what and oh god it was um it's a found footage and it it kind of of course most of them are lower budget but uh it was capture capture release kill something like that and you know, the whole point of it is a woman that wants to find out what it's like to kill somebody. So she and her husband are like planning this whole scenario and they're actually out purchasing things. And, you know, they just put so much time and effort into deciding how they want to kill another human being. And it's like, man, like it's one thing when it kind of happens on the fly and you know it's in the heat of the moment or whatever but to spend that much time planning and yeah to do it so preparing cold yeah. yeah and I'm a huge true crime fan too which oddly enough is less scary to me than horror I don't know why it shouldn't be because those are actual people that did real things yeah <laughs> but for some reason it's never it's never gotten me the way horror does <laughs> Eternal dog versus mailman. <laughs> Hang on just one second. He's like the most harmless dog on the planet, but he's so big that he just sounds like he's going to eat your face off when yeah. he starts to lose his mind. So I'm right, sure. it's always the little ones you need to look out for. <laughs> right? It is. Like my grandma has a dog. He's a little eight pound papillon. And that dog took two and a half years to quit barking at me. Like I, he would adjust to me being there. It would be fine. I'd go in the bathroom, come out and he'd start barking all over again. And I'm like, dude, for real. 
I have been here all day. You know who I am at this point. Why, why is this still an issue? I don't. Uh, and my great grandma had this nasty little chihuahua that would come out like we would be kids running around in the living room. And if we ran past the table where she was sitting at my grandmother's feet, she would come charging out and start nipping at our ankles. And she was terrifying. Little chihuahua it was like five pounds, but oh god, they truly are. I got um bit by um a little Yorkshire Terrier once, it jumped at me, it was literally like hanging off of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a piranha on land. It really truly was. Yeah, I've had to... Always little ones. Always little ones. Yes. I've had to edit him barking out of almost every episode. He's actually really good when I recorded last night. I think because it was dark by then, he was just like laying on the couch, sleeping already, so he didn't care. Yeah. I can't remember. Oh, is is there an aspect of horror that isn't particularly scary to you or that you don't enjoy? Um, going back to cosmic horror, um, I'm, I've never been able to get into H.P. Lovecraft or that that genre. Uh huh. Yeah, so it's just something I've never been able to really connect with. Uh huh. I I haven't actually read any Lovecraft. I've read a couple of anthologies and various collections that definitely have some of those elements to them. And now that I understand that that's what I was reading. Like I, you know, I, I did enjoy some of them. Um, I have a really hard time with body horror, like the cringiness of even, even shows like America's Funniest Home Videos or like any kind of show that's, you know, people being dumb on film when you know that there's an injury coming up because somebody's doing something really stupid on like a skateboard. I can't yes. watch. Um, I just, oh. No, it's a whole body shudder, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Like, it's, it's terrible. I hate watching people on trampolines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, you are going to break your neck. <laughs> Nothing good happens on trampolines. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, we got the bright idea to put a sprinkler under our trampoline. And my stepsister and I were jumping on it. And I'm trying... I couldn't even, I don't remember now who it was that fell, but the way it ended up turning out is um, my knee or my tooth went into her knee and she was screaming. It broke off a piece of the back of my tooth. And ever since then, I'm like, "Mm, no, that's, that's okay. Like the springs around the edge, just, they're just waiting to consume somebody yes <laughs> trampoline horror should be its own its whole <laughs> own category <laughs> i'll be the next anthology idea right <laughs> give us your trampoline horror stories <laughs> I am, i'm a big fan of like eco horror stuff too um anything with this concept of you know mother earth or creatures that are, you know, have been around far longer than we have kind of getting their revenge for things. Oh, yes. Absolutely love those. The, the area that I live in in Tennessee, I'm right next to the mountains and I'm not too far from 
a huge touristy area. And they always tell everybody, like, don't leave food in your vehicle because the bears will break into your vehicles to get the food. And it's like every year there's some dumb tourist who doesn't understand this concept of leave the bears alone because they'll randomly show up and like dig through garbage outside convenience stores and gas stations and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, And there's always that idiot that thinks he's going to, you know, get close enough to one to like pet it or feed it something. And without fail, they get bit. And it's always the poor bear that ends up like getting euthanized. And I'm like, man, like that was clearly human stupidity. Oh, I guess. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they, they break into cabins all the time. Um, people will come back like, it's, it's like their vacation cabin and they come down for a trip and realize it's been broken into and absolutely trashed by bears looking for food. And I'm like, you're, you're in their area. I mean, they lived there first. So yeah. <laughs> you, you are one in ca- crouching here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was <laughs> speaking of gas stations. So the very first novel that I ever edited was written by someone using British English and I, there were some terms in there that, so by then I was friends with Adam and I was like, Hey, what is this? Like, what, what is, is this a restaurant? Like what name is this? And there was one that it was like some kind of convenience store, Tes, Tesco? Tesco's. Yes. Yeah. It's like a supermarket, but yeah. there is little convenience stores as well. Yeah. I, I had to ask him about that. And he's like, you know, I just realized that I could tell you it's some giant robot that patrols London at night every night. And you'd never know the difference. It's <laughs> like, I mean, you're not wrong, <laughs> but I'm trusting you to give me the right answer here. <laughs> so, he can be very helpful when he wants to be. And, you know, other times he's a jerk. <laughs> but I love me either way easy so yeah there's um there's bears here every once in a while you'll hear about there being a big cat of some sort and there's been a lot more conversation about wild boar that are running around oh yeah so those are uh I I love to hike and I used to go hiking by myself all the time when I lived in California but and I know that bears are, they're not looking actively to come after you. You know, if you make enough noise to kind of give them a heads up that you're there, they'll wander off and find somewhere else. But just the idea of running into one like out there, I mean, I would probably have journey with me, but I don't want anything to happen to him either. So, and I don't know, I, I don't, I can't see him attacking a bear I mean maybe if he thought it was going to come after me because he is he is a mama's boy so he he might but at the same time he's also such a chicken that um he might just be like sorry mom you're on your own and haul ass down down the path (laughs) can I still have a treat when we get home is it okay (laughs) (sighs) try to keep up with me (laughs) Yes, there's, I can't remember what his name is, but there's a comedian who did a bit. He had, um, I don't know if it was a basset hound 
or a bloodhound. Um, and he's like, you know, I got this dog and people were like, oh, you must sleep so much better, you know, having a dog in the house and feeling like there's that extra security. And he was like, honestly, if somebody breaks into my house and they have a piece of ham, my dog's going to be like, oh yeah, ham. Let me show you where he is. He's in the, he's in the back bedroom <laughs> back here. Do I get the ham? Is this okay? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's. Yeah. That, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's my chomp. Um, but he does like if he hears something in the middle of the night that he knows isn't a normal sound um, he has woken me up out of a sound sleep a couple of times because he just goes nuts Um, so I do I do have some faith that he's kind of well he's kind of a little bit of a guard dog when he wants to be so who knows as long as he sounds like he's gonna eat your face off I feel like I'm I'm pretty good to go (laughs) No, that's a that's a that's a deterrent. Yes, he's he's almost a hundred pounds, so he's a he's a big in, huh? Yeah, talking about you. (laughs) He is so he's. I grew up with dogs, but he's the first one that I've had on my own, like as an adult, and it's still kind of terrifying to me that I'm keeping something alive that isn't a plant. Oh. So, <laughs> having that responsibility is just like yeah. terrifying to think of sometimes and then I'm like you know at some point like I kind of want kids but do I <laughs> that's even more okay. terrifying yeah, you're better off with the dog <laughs> another get cat as well <laughs> right <laughs> they're much more unconditional oh, that's it always happy to see you when you come home even if it's just been like 30 seconds they're just as happy as if it was three hours oh that's (laughs) right right my puppy um so i'm trying to think are i've seen some of the okay so aliens are my thing like they just fascinate me and i've seen some documentaries that they have I can't remember what his name is, Nick something, who used to work for the Ministry of Defense. And he talks a lot about them. But it is that something that's like as widespread as it is here? Um, no, you don't really hear of like the whole alien abduction things that um over over here. No. It's um seems, you know, quite a American f- phenomenon, um, really. Um <laughs> it always I always laugh when you see because it seems like depending on what show you're watching, they find like the person that is like least likely At least to be, be believed. believed. Yes. And interview them. And and sometimes it's like the same person. And I'm like, man, we we just need to find some people that just have like a little more credibility when it comes to things to try to determine whether or not this is actually happening but alien movies um close encounters of the fourth kind or just the oh wait is it just no i think it's just the fourth kind movie scared the shit out of me it's like found footage slash recordings kind of other things but um do you see the movie signs 
Oh, with um, Mel Gibson. Yeah. That one. Yes, yes. Many, many years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was so, with the crop circles, of, wasn't it? Oh, that was so good. Um, part of that was actually filmed near where I grew up in New York. And when we went to see it, when it was released, my dad took us to a drive-in theater. So we were outside, like in the back of the van with the door up watching the movie, like surrounded by cornfields. And it was one of the most terrifying experiences ever. So I will never, ever forget the first time. Oh God, every little rustle. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, and it's almost like a constant rustle with cornfields because the second the wind blows a tiny bit, everything is making noise <clears throat> but I don't know well I don't I can't say I don't like emotional horror because I love reading it um but when it comes to like I guess I guess grief horror is kind of like its own thing um I struggle with stuff like that Cause I'm like, that's sad. And that's probably going to make me cry. And mm. I just want my entertainment to be entertaining. And yeah. I think um, a good, a good example of a, of a really good um, grief horror is um, Laurel ha- um, Hightower's um, Cross, Crossroads. Oh. I've read that novella. Um, it's absolutely excellent. And I think it works better. As I say, works better in print is because you are, more in tune with the character uh-huh. so you empathize with him more that's that that that's my own personal take it's easier to connect and that's use it, your yeah. imagination and i have i have so many books on my tbr list i'm pretty sure that's one that's on there um i've kind of like lost tra- lost track at this point Oh, there's just so many though, isn't it? I mean, we're out in a, like an absolute golden age and just so many books, but so little time. Oh my gosh. That's, and what I, I had, when I first started doing reviews and stuff on my website, I was like, but I feel like there's so many people out there that do reviews already. Is anybody really going to, you know, reach out to have me do reviews on their books and stuff. And then I had to like close submissions so I could get caught up with the list that I had. I was like, holy shit, there are lots of people who uh, want reviews done. <laughs> oh, so, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Reviewers, oh God, bless you all. <laughs> so it's, you know. You do such good work. And a lot of it, you know, won't name names, but oh my God, there are some authors who are just, well, absolute dickheads, to be honest, <laughs> about towards reviewers. <laughs> and... <laughs> I just hope you hope you know that you know we're not all like that (laughs) oh no I I have been very fortunate in my uh review experience so far I would say probably (laughs) just to just to rain on him again probably the biggest dickhead I've worked with is Adam for reviewing books so (laughs) I'm gonna have to tag him when this episode comes out and be like be prepared for all all the trash when we get off and go Hey, Adam, <laughs> I'm so sad and I'm about you. You might want to sit down with like a box of tissues and some ice cream or something before you, li- before you listen to this episode when it comes out, because you're going to feel terrible. <laughs> um, no, I, I have been so fortunate in that, because I mean, I, I have definitely seen some horror stories where people like post threads about 
you know, dealing with these authors who lose their minds, you know, when somebody won't cover their work. And or, or indeed, you know, just simply doesn't connect or like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even if there's a book that I read where the content itself isn't my style, like I I will not ever give an indie book a bad review. I will not, I won't review it before I'll give it a bad review because I know if it's, especially if it's a content thing, like preference is nothing to knock a book for. Like that's the, and reviews mean so much with indie stuff. Like they can be like make or break for a book. So not that I feel like I have the power to break a book's potential, but um, but yeah, like it's, so I would never want to do that for anyone. So, you know, I've, I've heard that there have been some reviewers that will post just like scathing reviews of a book. And I'm like, man, I would just rather not, not review it at that point mm-hmm. instead of, instead of getting into that territory. But that's it. Is this isn't my cup of tea. We're just going to leave it. Right. Yeah. And even, you know, with something that I've read that, you know, might not be what I prefer content wise, I can still look at it and be like, you know what, they did a great job with their character development or, you know, the settings were phenomenal or whatever. Like there's something that I can appreciate about it, even if I don't like it. So yeah, it's it's very rare that it's bad it across the board. Yeah. There's always, you know, some redeeming features. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, the I I just had to send an email the other day to someone about their book and they're super sweet. Um, but the I the only time I've refused or turned down reviewing is like if it's a technical thing, if they're you know, if they really need somebody to like go through an edit or if they definitely didn't have like beta readers, you know, if there's a lot of things that it's hard for me to recommend that and feel like I'm not giving up like I don't know how to say it like because I I didn't anticipate or think about the aspect of like once you get into reviewing and people start looking at your reviews like they're trusting your opinion on things so I have to keep in mind that you know if I to, to review something like that and give it a good recommendation especially as an editor who's like trying to build business, people are going to be like, wow, she is clearly a terrible editor if she didn't identify all of the issues yeah. <laughs> in this book. So it's, it's... I think that's, that, that is like the kind of saddest thing is when the potential is there and all it needed was just, you oh, know, yeah. another editing pass that, you know, as you say, basically you just bring out those, you know, you know, it's... Well, the diamonds in the rough they just need somebody skilled enough to cut it so yeah. it shines it's like when you have a horror movie that you know they obviously spent a lot of time developing their storyline and everything is great but then the actors or actresses are just awful and you can tell that it's there but they just didn't execute well yeah the other way around you know if they're if they do a great job with the acting and the settings are beautiful and the shots are amazing and then the dialogue is like trash like (laughs) you're like no this is such a good you know there's so much there that you just need to refine you're so close (laughs) 
it. Near misses are just oh, it's terrible. Yeah, terrible, terrible. And it's almost as horrifying as whatever they're talking about. It's just awful. Um, so I know you have had a book. It's relatively a recent release, right, Ashthorn? Um, yeah, yeah. It came out in um, August. Um, that's a gothic historical romance. Um, ah. That's in an old manor house in Derbyshire um, that has been um, being used as a convalescent um, hospital. It's just set after the aftermath of World War One. Um, that is sounds like it is haunted af <laughs> and convalescent, so that's like a nursing home. <laughs> pardon so convalescent that's like a nursing home right that kind of um yeah so um in during the um the world wars in in england there was a lot of um big houses that had empty wings that were used as um hospitals for injured soldiers um coming off the front wrap like rehab and yeah to rehab and convalesce um okay yeah yeah that sounds haunted af um so i'll ask you for a definition since you obviously know so when somebody talks about something being sapphic horror what is did i say it right i don't even know if i said it right yes okay um Um, so um sapphic um you know, um, lesbian, gay women. Um, so when something's um, sapphic horrors, that um, one of your main elements is that you is having a queer woman, um, bisexual, lesbian. Um, you know, as as a character, it doesn't necessarily have to have a roman romantic subplot, but gotcha. that would be, uh, you know, uh, an element, and also you know something that like relates to the queer experience. So obviously, a lot of um, Haley Piper's works are, you know, categorised as sapphic horror. Um, mm-hmm. Sarah um, Tatlinger um, with them um, to be devoured. So yeah, I got you. And okay. um, obviously, I write it, and um, I have um, a couple of um, collaborations coming out with um, Ray Knowles. Uh-huh um so with it with Bridget Skates next year is that we each have a novella coming out and we've co-written a novel as well and we are going to be um guest editing an anthology for them as well and that's going to be like the theme of sapphic villains so that's going to be an open submission call that will be sometime next year oh that sounds awesome I feel like, man, between a lot of the calls this year and some of the ones I've seen that are going to be rolling out, like there's been some really great ideas for for themes that I'm a huge fan of. Oh God, yeah, there's just, there's so many um, cool anthologies happening. Just like you you cannot, you cannot write from all. There's just so many, but any kind of subgenre that you want to write in, there's a call for it somewhere. Yeah. And it's just so awesome. It is. And I, um, so I edited one done by Voices from the Mausoleum. Um, we collaborated a lot on that to raise money for, uh, I can't remember exactly which group it is now, but basically for women's reproductive rights, like legal, legal side of things. Um, and the stories that we got for those were just amazing. Um, it's called Livestock and Ruth Anna Evans did our cover, which is, it's basically like women in like silhouettes trapped behind barbed wire 
and essentially being just used for breeding because it's like you know that's it's what it feels like sometimes yes especially all that's you know going off in um in your country bless you all uh, yeah it's a hot mess over here absolute mess I feel for you (laughs) because it seems to me as if you know there's so many I don't want I I don't want to say normal people but it's it's a very people like 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 over there and you you're being drowned out by these (laughs) crazies i mean that's how it feels sometimes like i just you know the area that i live in is a very conservative area so like i mean not to get super political but you know all of that happened back in june it was june And, you know, I was sitting at work listening to people go on and on about how it's a great thing and it's about time. And, you know, I have a counter argument for everything that's being said in the room in my head, just like raising my blood pressure, the more they continue to talk. And I'm just trying to sit there and mind my own business. So I don't like get myself fired. And it's just, it's it's mind blowing that in the year 2022, we're still having the issues we are like we should be passive we should have hoverboards by now like <laughs> oh, we were supposed to have them what like seven years ago weren't we <laughs> what <laughs> the future lights was so fucking much oh they they had way too much faith in our ability to you know work on scientific advancements instead of like the card making more jaw sequels <laughs> as well <laughs> It's just what did we oh. get? Sharknado. <laughs> so many of them. Aren't yeah. there like four or five of them? Oh, so many. Oh my gosh. I I, I don't possibly know where they could have gone <laughs> with oh. these sequels. I, I don't even know. I just can't even can't even fathom. So I think. Man, by the time this comes out, it might be like end of January ish. So, you know, I'll let you know like when it gets closer to uh to that time, and then you know if if your stuff's getting ready to come out then, and um, or even if you want me to hold on to it until things are getting ready to come out and release it like around that time as a way for um... PR. I think um, my next novella doesn't come out till next November, so I wouldn't possibly. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> but, um, but I um, actually hoping to have a little um, independently pub- published um, collaboration with Ray huh. uh, out next June. We're working on like a vampire um, thing go at the moment, so we were like, you know, we could go alone, go it alone on this. <laughs> yeah, you could. So. So we'll see um, how that pans out. But yeah, um, end, end of January. I hope you still have a country. Bless you all. <laughs> I know, like it almost feels kind of ridiculous to be, to be planning fair. that far ahead. <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll have another prime minister by then, probably. <laughs> New monarch. Assuming, assuming things haven't burned down, like, I'll be it. It's so crazy. It is weird to think about planning that far ahead sometimes. On one hand, it's like it shouldn't be a big deal. It's just a couple months. And then on the other hand, it's like, but have you read the news lately? 
Oh, fantastic. Well, yeah. all, all you can do is laugh, isn't it? If you, if you don't oh. laugh, you will, you will cry. Laugh and go find a horror movie to watch. That's yeah. <laughs> it's preferable to real life. Yes, I, I need a break from the real horror and I need to go watch some fictional horror. So terrible it's a terrible state but definitely lots of material for writing <laughs> no oh, doubt yeah. unfortunately yeah. <laughs> it's like what used to just be fun as a hobby now it's like a creative outlet for stress and reducing blood pressure and <laughs> making sure we don't lose our mind. yeah i mean yeah so cathartic isn't it just to kind of oh. it all out in there it is it's fantastic yeah um so yeah absolutely thank you for coming on and i will definitely get a list of your socials i'll reach out like once it's getting closer to publish and then if by some chance you have a project pop up before then just let me know and i'll add that in there and right. yeah no it was a it was nice to meet you yeah it's my class. <laughs> as, as best as we can call it through zoom but yeah. it's always nice to to put faces to names and that's probably been like my favorite part of this is actually getting to interact with people in a different way that I've interacted with for like months now already yeah and I'll say yeah you had such a good response to um your initial tweet didn't you that you brought oh my gosh like, yes I want to come I, on I wasn't prepared like was not prepared um I mean even aside from everybody that you know Heather kind of rounded up for me <laughs> um <laughs> I had, by the time, it, let me see, I think I have it open. Oh, no, it's not. Let's see here. So I had, I had to create an Excel spreadsheet for everything because that was the only way I was going to be able to, to keep it all straight. There it is. So I've got, uh, let's see here. So I've recorded like 13 or 14 now and I've got 35 people on my list so I feel terrible because I I thought planning was going to be so much or scheduling was going to be a lot easier than it was so I was like oh yeah I'm going to start planning this weekend and I'll be reaching out to you and then I was like oh my god but I can only do like three or four episodes a week like <laughs> so and, and then releasing one a week yeah yeah so and I mean thankfully for the most part the subject matter isn't really going to change like time-wise I mean ghosts are ghosts they're going to be there okay. um but you know I definitely have some enough to like get me through the holidays but I feel bad for these people that reached out like the beginning of October to schedule and I'm like I haven't forgotten about you I promise like you're on my list I just am taking longer to get through the list than I realized. So oh, no, I'm sure people understand. I mean, you, you've been, you've been, you know, so good, you know, like in me up today and everything. No, oh, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I very much appreciate anybody that's, you know, willing to come on and chat and it's just, it's fun to, I mean, horror, it seems to be mostly authors that I've spoken to, but I just horror fans in general just always have such a good vibe and it's just it's always such a good chat so I'll never get tired of it and thankfully I feel like in terms of this stuff there's a lot of material out there to cover so oh yeah like, absolutely <laughs> hopefully I won't ever run out but we'll see so I will um let you get on with the rest of your night and I'm probably gonna go take a nap <laughs> 
enjoy my day off here. Um, I would love to, but at the same time, like you finish recording and then there's kind of like a high that comes with it. Like, yes, I just had another really good chat with somebody. So I probably won't be able to sleep, but it's a nice thought. (laughs) So yes, you, uh, you have a good rest of your evening and we will definitely be in touch and thank you again so much. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. We'll catch you later. Catch you. Bye. Thank you.